ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 112 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast. This is the Find Me a Trade season kickoff spectacular. We're doing a whole bunch of fun stuff tonight, and we have so much stuff planned, we don't have room for a guest. So we've just got the, the hosts are, are here tonight. I'm in the A chair, Andrew Hall, at Andrew Hall FF. Next to me on the screen, if you're watching live on YouTube or on the DAP Network Twitter handle, we've got Rocky at Dynasty FF Addict. How are you tonight, Rocky? Oh, I'm doing great, Andrew. I'm loving that football's back. Uh, you know, Russ loves the non-point scoring season. I am much more of a point scoring season kind of guy. I it, the, the lineups can get rough, but I, mm. at the beginning, I even enjoy sitting the lineups. I, I love get, getting all those players in, getting all those fantasy points, seeing everything come to fruition from the whole non-point scoring season. So I, I am so ready for this. Uh, it's fun that we're doing it. I know, as always, during, on Thursdays during the game, Looks like uh, that that regression is hitting Cooper Cup really hard tonight, <laughs> as he's already got eight catches and a touchdown. But uh, well, and Gabe Davis is still on the moon apparently, so yes. we're fine there. Everything's exactly <laughs> as we expected, right? Yes. Also tonight we've got Bobby Koch. How are you doing, Bobby? I'm doing pretty well. I have mixed feelings about how the game's gone so far because in some leagues I need Cam Akers to do well, and then in uh, Dynasty Junkies too. I can't remember what round it was, but Andrew and I got Terrell Henderson in like. I feel like the 16th or 17th round or something like that. So I was actually going to pull that up and I forgot. Yeah. We, we got a good value there. If he ends up being the starter, cause Cam Akers is, I mean, junk. everyone knows what happens in the first half of the first game is what happens for the rest. That's of right. the oh, exactly. Yeah. You extrapolate. And so that's why I'm going to take the, the cam. Uh, we were talking before the show. I, I guess I should take the cam Akers victory oh. lap right now because yeah, he's got zero yards. Uh, I've been, I've been shitting on Cam Akers for about a year and a half now. So even before the Achilles. So, uh, <laughs> So well, we got this is right, right. The what what I'd be hoping for. <laughs> we got Henderson with the thirteenth round pick. It was the end of the thirteenth, mm. so that's still some tremendous value if we can swap him for somebody of value in the dynasty. Also, to clarify, that is in a fourteen teamer, so that's a like a fifteen teamer. or like sixteenth round in a twelve teamer. Yep. yep, and I'm I'm happy with that. That that maybe makes up for some of uh losing J.K. Dobbins for some time, which we were talking about. But anyway, the fourth host is not here yet. Scott Sidlow is on his way. We think he'll join if he can make it. But for now, we got the three of us. We're going to get into this show. And as always, or as, as always is starting now, uh, Dynasty Junkies is sponsored by Manscaped. I know we did this last week. We're going to do it again this week. We're going to Manscaped Manscaped is, those rosters, too. We got Exactly. we got to <laughs> Manscaped all of these rosters that our listeners are sending us. And obviously, we want to make sure that we're getting this out, that Manscaped is our sponsor. 20% off and free shipping worldwide if you put the code JUNKIES in at checkout. So make sure you do that. We're obviously big fans of Manscaped. Love that they're sponsoring our show. I know I went into some of the talking points last week, but I guess it'll go a little looser this week. I know, Rocky, 
I think you got your Manscaped package. Have you had a chance to use it at all yet? Uh, I I have not. I'm. I have not really gotten a chance. I, I'm probably more of a, 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 a using the weed whacker kind of guy than using a lot of the other tools. Yeah, you can use that for like your, your nose hairs, your ear hairs. I might do that. Uh, I, I will say, though, that the, the shirt and boxers are very nice, very, very, very comfortable. Nice. Yes. So if you get that package that comes with that, that, that that's a great, great uh, little thing they have going there where they're giving you that extra stuff. I yeah, just there's a lot of stuff that there. Andrew had a missed opportunity there to say you got your Manscaped package for your package. <laughs> we I know we said it last week. I don't know if you listened to the episode. We got the the goodie bag for your goodie bags. You know what I mean? Like we we were all over all these puns because it's tremendous. And again, love that they're sponsoring us. But that trimmer being waterproof, phenomenal. The light on there, I, such a small little thing, but a great idea. I love that. So yes. yeah, very happy with Manscaped sponsoring us. And anybody that's got questions, obviously reach out. We'll do our best. But yeah. I know that's Coop something we're gonna... better with those puns than you guys were. Oh, I think by the Cooper way. was phenomenal yeah. with that. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, you you've, you got the the weed whacker, the crop preserver, that that lawnmower 4.0. You got all that stuff, and the the like we were talking about the the shirt and the boxer briefs and everything else. Like it's some good quality stuff in there. So I highly yes. recommend you check that out. Go to manscaped.com. Put in code junkies for 20% off and free shipping. Hit them up. Make sure that you get that stuff. And I do believe they ship worldwide if you're over in Ireland, Jerry, and you want to get one of those. That's perfectly fine, too. Um, But with that out of the way, let's jump into some of the talk before we get to the trades. It is season kickoff. This is week one. We're officially here, boys. We've made it. This is what we've been waiting for a whole week, right? Our whole off season. Anything that you're thinking, other than this game being kind of wonky in the first half, anything that you're thinking you know, satisfies your curiosity. Anything you were like, oh, I was excited about this. I'm, I'm happy for this. Maybe, Bobby, I'll kick it to you first. You've been playing fantasy for a long time. Is there anything that the season kickoff matters, or is it just like, here we go, season 28 of playing fantasy football? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's pretty much the latter. I will say, I mentioned this somewhat jokingly earlier, but like week one, while it's fun and everyone's super hyped for it, people definitely mm-hmm. overreact. I remember one season I was very down on Sammy Watkins as one usually should be. Yes. And he blew up in week one and like a bunch of people are tweeting at me being like, Bobby, you're so wrong. And then he didn't show up for the rest of the season. So take what happens with a grain of salt. It's exciting and fun to have football back. But even though we were joking about it, whatever happens in the first half or even the second half of this game may not be what happens for the rest of the season. But Enjoy the fact that you have something to talk about. I'm with Rocky that I get a little sick of the non-point scoring season, especially in the last few years, because it feels like during the non-point scoring season, it's become more and more popular to just essentially for, I will try to paraphrase that Rocky doesn't have to edit this, but to throw (laughs) things at the wall and hope that it sticks. And I get sick of all the takes that are basically just let me throw things out there and no one's actually playing the game right now, so no one can prove me wrong, so it doesn't matter. Um, so I'm glad a game is being played. I'm glad more games will be played and we get actual points and numbers to back up our arguments with. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate hot take season. I'm right there with you. Although I will say on the flip side, the non-point scoring season doesn't have injuries and it doesn't have lineups and it doesn't have flex decisions. It doesn't have start sits. It doesn't have like, those are all things that are like, we kind of have to shift our entire mindset as dynasty players to kind of get back into redraft mode which is kind of what this is really, right? This is where we start to pivot back to that. What we got into maybe to start with was redraft where you have to worry about the start sets and you worry about injuries and you worry about putting your uh, Thursday players in your RB and wide receiver slots and not your flex, like those little things, right? 
this is kind of like too, and maybe it's something that I'm the only one that experiences this, but as a dynasty manager, I feel like I, I almost, I lose that muscle. I'm not used to using that muscle and I'm used to dealing more with player values and speculation and the trading. And it, so it like takes me a week or two to kind of knock that rust off even. And in a 13, 14 week regular season, you know, having a week or two of frustration in a sense when I'm shifting gears can be kind of tricky. So for the last couple of weeks, I've been trying to prepare for that and just be like, all right, how am I going to do this? How am I going to hit the ground running? How am I going to get a bunch of wins in week one? Because ultimately there aren't, there are only so many weeks and, and having a week where you are off or not paying attention or miss a lineup. That's huge. Right. So Rocky, what are your thoughts on this? How do you pivot into redraft mode without going nuts? Uh, yeah. Well, like, like I said earlier, unlike Bobby, I'm, I'm definitely more excited about the season starting. And I, one thing it's gotten me, I, I've been sending trades like crazy. I mean, I'm, I send trades anyway, all, all off season, but, I've gotten so many done this past week, kind of getting, you know, just getting excited for the season, ramping up. I've been sending, like, I, I was trying to make an effort before Sunday. I haven't gotten there yet to send at least one offer in every league. And I've gotten a bunch done by doing that. Uh, and I also just wanted to touch on something Bobby said to the, because I'm sure we, uh, you know, uh, are, who's on, you know, who's hosting next week. will probably talk about this week one overreaction. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at it uh, last year, uh, Corey Davis and Sterling Shepard were wide receiver ones after week one. Uh, who was it? Jamal Williams and Tyson Williams were running back ones after week one last year. Oh, so, I remember Tyson Williams. Yeah. I yes. remember spending a lot of money on him and Scott Fishbowl and then dropping him in week four. Yes. Speaking of redraft, someone in my redraft league, my long time, it's been going like 18 years to drafted him in the fifth round last year. Uh, that did not go so well for him. So, but he did have 18 points in week one. So, uh, so definitely do not overreact. Some guy, I mean, some guys, uh, you know, it did pay off. You know, I I was looking. Debo had a big week one, and that actually ended up panning out. But there's going to be many where it's it's fool's gold. So, uh, I, I like that Bobby brought that up already. Yeah, and I think that's something that we're going to see. Uh, you know, as the week goes on, like you said, next week we're really going to be talking a lot about that. And as we go forward with the season. You know, trying hard not to overreact is going to be tricky. I know my uh, my only article that I'm writing this year during the season is for Fantasy Pros, and it's risers and fallers. And I'm like, that's right up my wheelhouse. Like, I can definitely talk about what players are rising and falling in value and not necessarily risers are always buys. Sometimes risers are sells. You know what I mean? Like, I could see Gabe Davis being a riser after tonight already, right? Even though his value was pretty high, I could see him being like, well, he got a touchdown. He's doing this is for real. There were people out there that weren't sure. Everyone's sure now, right? Exactly. And then at the same time, you could say Cam Akers is a faller and be like, well, he's a faller, but I would probably rather buy Cam Akers and sell uh, Gabe Davis, which is what I tweeted. And of course, people are like, oh, you would trade one for the other. I'm like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying buying and selling. And this is where it can be like, you know, try to find the the zig when everyone's zagging in a sense, right? And just be like, hey, if Akers is having a bad game, his price is probably going to go down. Maybe now's the time to ask if you need a running back. He's probably still going to get some play. Uh, at the same time, if you have Henderson, maybe he's worth looking to shop around. Like maybe we have some options in our league now, uh, Bobby, where we're like, maybe we send some offers and see if someone who's RB needy or the Cam Akers manager even is like, hey, do you want Henderson? That way you're protected. I mean, it just gives you some pivot options. And that's the whole thing I love about this time of year is that it starts to, you know, show some data and give us some things that we can take action on and make more trades on. That's the whole point. Yeah. And uh, one quick thing that I did want to add is. While I do caution overreacting, there is also such a thing as underreacting, mm-hmm. where to Rocky's point, you can start to see some usage trends even in week one that maybe will carry out throughout the season. So it's all about like playing things 
and it's hard to do, but playing things the right way. Like don't sell low on acres just because you're worried about this one particular game, for example. But if you notice like <clears throat> one thing I might already be willing to eat that I was somewhat too low on Gabe Davis. And the reason I say that is he's played on the majority of the snaps for the Bills. He scored that touchdown. They're clearly trying to scheme him into their, at least this particular game. And so that might be something that's worth actually reacting to. Yeah, so, I was going to mention, I saw that a tweet earlier tonight, during the first half that he'd played 26 of the first 26 snaps and no other receiver, including Diggs, had played on all 26 snaps. So, so yeah, the, the usage thing is a good point. Well, yeah, and I think just too, generally, the earlier you react to things, the better, because people will get people off waivers or buy them, you know, low in Dynasty or whatever that end up playing well. And so there is a balance to be had of don't be overly cautious, but also don't be like, oh, my God, I have to sell and react to every single play because you'll drive yourself nuts that way. Well, and I just want to jump in with this too and saying, but when I say something like buy Cam Akers, that doesn't mean pay whatever the price is. I'm saying go shop and see what he's worth adding to your roster. You might be able to find a manager who's is panicking and is like trying to sell for cheap. Don't sell Cam Akers for cheap. That's not at all the same logic. Buy him for cheap. You know, see what you can get a price check on him for. If somebody's like, if you send an offer and they're like, no, that's not even close. I'm not selling him for less than a fourth round, you know, startup pick. Okay, great. I know the price and it's what it was. This guy's not overreacting. Move on. Like, I'm not saying go buy him no matter what. I'm just saying go price check. And the same goes with like selling Gabe Davis too, right? Like if somebody's sending you an offer like Allen Robinson for Gabe Davis, that's not when you sell Gabe Davis. It doesn't mean sell him no matter what. I'm not saying get out from under. It's just more of like use these, these points that we now have data to study on and react. Don't over or underreact. Just react to them. Just like, okay, now we have new info. Let's adjust how we see this and maybe there's a way to strike and you know make some value add to your team that's all yeah that's what i was trying to get across to you andrews no yep. reaction is itself a reaction of sorts also Correct. um just to throw a name out there if shane manila is in your leagues he is someone who reacts to almost literally like every single play is so, he going to be selling every james cook share he has across every league because he loves I mean, that guy <laughs> i i don't know you'll have to check maybe maybe you can get uh, James Cook for a fourth from Shane right now. Yeah. I, I doubt that with all the trash, but there are probably managers out there that after this are going to panic and, and do something. You know, they he was the last guy on their roster. They're fed up. They just want something. They're out, right? You see it all the time. And what I'm saying is if you're listening to us, don't be that guy, right? That's the whole point. If you want to do well in this game, be patient, be calm, be react, but don't overreact. Don't be crazy. And then don't just sit there and go, none of this matters either, right? You have to be careful. No, it's exactly right. And I think that's also why I like that we do find me a trade the entire offseason or non-point scoring season. But then we continue doing it in the season because now we have new information. Now we have new data that we can lean on and say, all right, well, now based on this, this makes this now worth trading when it wasn't worth trading last week. All those values from your startup in March are different now. You know, as much as you don't want them to be or don't think they are, they are. Like that. now the values are different. There are new data points we have to consider. So that's the whole point with this conversation. And before we get into our find me a trades, uh, I threw something last minute on the sheet here that I, I thought would be a fun kind of thing because uh, we did it on Trade Addicts and, and our, our buddy Zach Reed threw this question out um, for the Trade Addicts question tweet we do every week, which was uh, I thought it would be fun for opening of the season that uh, if you could look into the future and know everything about one player's 22, 2022 season, 
who would you pick? And, and he also said, if you could do the same thing for someone's career, who would you pick? And uh, I'll start with, because I, I gave it on Trade Addicts, so probably most people who listen to this probably listen to Trade Addicts too. But uh, if not, then uh, I'll just repeat what I said on there, which is the the, the 2022 guy I picked was Saquon Barkley, because there's answer. so many different like ways I could see his season going. You know, injury, not injury. Does he play well? You know, he's got Dayball now. Uh, there's all this talk about how he's going to be more of a factor in the you know, passing game again, all this kind of stay stuff. healthy, all that. Yeah. And, and yeah. people are all over the place with them. Some people think he's just trash and he's no good anymore. And other people think this like me and Russ kind of think this could be a top five season again for him. So yeah, he was my guy. And then the other one for the career would come to a surprise. And you could say this for 2022 also was Jalen hurts. Mm. Um, Cause you know, the, the big questions about him are, is he how going to improve as a passer? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And job that's security, huge, yeah. how long yep. is he going to be played? That's the biggest thing that's keeping his – it is pretty high now, but the thing that's keeping his value more towards the 10-11, you know, QB 10-11-12 level, it, the biggest thing is job security. And also, can he progress as a passer? And if, if we knew what we could see for his whole career – we know that we know we know oh he's starting in the league 10 years and he actually ends up you know throwing for 35 touchdowns and 4200 yards uh you know every year or something so uh those are my two so i wanted to i, I wanted to give my two to give you guys a chance to think about it in case you you hadn't already because i know i threw it on pretty late well i i definitely got my answers but bobby do you want to go first Sure. I had a couple answers to that. Uh, my first thought was Kenny Galladay, mostly just because Ooh. I've been talking <laughs> trash about him all season. And Andrew and uh, Josh Valentine have been talking or hyping him up at least a little bit. So I would I mean, like to see what happens. Buying there. him for a third is not hyping anyone up. Let's be honest. Yes, like, it is. No, no, more so, more on. so, more so, Josh. Um, yeah, but Josh actually, gave, yeah. actually I, my answer will be what I would like to know for this year uh, would be Kenny Pickett because mm. if I knew ahead of time what he was going to do, I could then go out and probably buy him cheap if it was good. Or sell if he doesn't get any time. That's right. a great point. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, similarly, another one that came to mind was like Trevor Lawrence. Like if I knew he was going to blow up about Urban Meyer, I'd go out and make a ton of offers right now. Um, for career, I will go with, a similar answer to Rocky, but my own fandom, which is Daniel Jones. I want to yeah. know at this point. I mean, personally, I think he's destined to basically be like a high-end backup at this point, but I would like to know whether that is confirmed or denied. Um, that's the basically, I'm not expecting a good season from the Giants again, but the one thing that I want to know by the end of the season is, are they letting him go or are they signing him? And personally, I actually kind of hope that the Giants have a bad season because I think committing to Daniel Jones would be a mistake, but I would like to know whether Daniel Jones is worth it or not, just because that's the main question kind of hinging on the giants franchise right now. Yeah. The, the, you mentioned Lawrence for the season. The, the, the Lawrence and some of the second year quarterbacks came up as a topic on trade addicts as possible career guys. Cause like, are you know, how are they going to be bust? What do you know? Like, even if they don't yep. succeed this year, you know, just do they make a jump in year three, that kind of thing. So uh, all those guys, I'd, I'd probably be interested in seeing their career, their, you know, because especially Trevor Lawrence, because he's supposed to be the next coming and all that. So does, does he become that or is he, because even if he does, that's not, I don't think that's happening in 2022, but there's maybe part of me year. that thinks I should make trade offers. There's just, it's, I don't have anything. It's not numbers. It's not anything else based besides just the fact that they have like a better coach and it's year two. 
there's a part of my gut that is telling me, and I haven't done it, and I almost feel like I'm going to end up regretting it, that has told me that I should be making trade offers for Trevor Lawrence right now and trying to mm. buy low before he has a good year two and blows up to like, you know, being worth two or three first or whatever. See, I've been the opposite. I, I sold my only two shares this offseason. Just, uh, I'm very doubtful. I, I, I think I mentioned this on Trade Addicts where I, and I put out a tweet about it where I looked historically, people who, Quarterbacks who've had as bad a year as he's had in the last like 30, 40 years, rookie year. Uh, I, I use certain criteria. I don't remember it all. And I'm not going to get all into it now. It's not the point. But there was like no one that was successful. <laughs> like the highest end guy that 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 by my criteria was like Alex Smith. So his his ceiling by that going by that history would be Alex Smith, and that's that's scary. I I, I you know because of the prospect he was coming into college, coming into the NFL. I, there's always the chance, but I just have a feeling he's not going to be what everybody hoped he would be. Also point. another one, just throwing this out there. I mean, I'm just obviously very interested in quarterbacks. He's not a second year guy, but I want to know what Tua is going to be for his yes, career. That's a good one. And also just, I guess for this season, but you know, he has all the weapons similar to like Jalen hurts. He has all the weapons now. Now it's like put up or shut up time. And I hope that he puts up because I have one person who in one of my leagues who has continually called to a butt cheeks and I want him to be proven wrong, <laughs> but, all right, all right. Um, and he has not been nearly as bad as Trevor Lawrence was as including into his rookie season. So no. I, I give no. him a little more of a chance, but yeah, he's got to show it this year or, or this is pretty much what he is. Yeah. But Andrew, I know I went on for a while. So who are no. some of yours? No, that's fine. And a two is actually the perfect segue to one of the ones that I would answer from a Homer standpoint, but also just, you know, all the question marks is Joe Burrow. What's his season going to look like, right? If, if Joe Burrow is as good as he says he is and is better than he was last year and, and all of this, if he's actually healthier and able to run faster and all this, and I think that team is going to go as Joe Burrow goes, right? If he has a bad year, that team's not going to be any good. And I really care about the Bengals, obviously, but I've also got a lot of Jamar Chase shares. He's the, the number one guy that I have on rosters is him and Jamar Chase and Rex Burkhead are the two most owned players. So they're the two that I would care the most about their season. And again, Jamar Chase is an easy one, but like Rex Burkhead, if I could see what his season was, I mean, he's free or dirt cheap right now. Wouldn't that be an interesting twist to be like, how was Rex Burkhead season this year? I, I like, think we this, know how Rex Burkhead is. No, this might be the first time that in a, at least in a fantasy aspect that Jamar Those Chase two are, yeah. and <laughs> Rex Burkhead's names have come up in the same. I was doing that on purpose. I'm like, and guess what? I would be curious more about Jamar Chase because he's the top of the, the ladder, but I love finding free guys that become valuable. And that's what Rex Burkhead is, right? If he ends up being the, the wide receiver, or sorry, the running back one for the Houston Texans, over the the night, you know, the hype guy, Damian Pierce, and all this. If he's the guy this year and gets like 800 yards on, you know, 300 carries and 12 touchdowns, I mean, there are people that are going to win titles because of that. I want to know that. Like, you know, I want to know it doesn't happen too because I've got him on eight teams. I need to know to sell him and get rid of him. Like, that'd be helpful. So those are both my 2022 answers, which are very different ends of the spectrum. That's just how I roll. But for for a career, the career answer I would have is Trey Lance. Because I really want to know how this whole thing with Garoppolo comes out. I want to know if he's got the, the stuff to kind of do this for long term. Is he going to be able to play for a long time and have the running all the time? Like, I just, there are so many questions I have about Trey Lance right now as a dynasty manager, as a football fan. Like, so Trey Lance is my answer for career, sort of like your hurts, sort of like Lawrence and Tua. Like, just a young quarterback. Is he going to put it together? Is he going to do it? Or is Trey Lance the next Daniel Jones? You know, like that, no offense, but like that would be terrible for Trey Lance if he's the next Daniel Jones. It's almost like quarterback is, 
if not the most important position in the game, one of them. And so we're all very interested yep. in how quarterbacks will play, despite Rocky's known hatred of all things quarterbacks. <laughs> Which is not true, by the no, way. No, he just likes old ones. But, the, but that makes but it doesn't make a lot of sense, especially because young quarterbacks, they rarely start off well. And, and in Superflex, they are uh, pretty valuable to a lot of people. Uh, so... Yeah, so yeah. it makes sense to kind of, from a fantasy perspective, want to see how these guys' careers play out, and you know, if you knew that, what you could maybe do with some of them in your fantasy league. So, one, one other I wanted to put in there for the 2022 that I, I didn't say, and I, I didn't think anyone would say, was Antonio Gibson I, again, a, a guy with a lot of question yes. marks. Like, is he going to be worth anything? Is he going to put up points, or is he going to be just returning punts? And like, there's such a wide range of outcomes on that guy. I would love to be able to zoom into the future and be like, all right, Antonio Gibson was RB10 on the year, and are we eight in points per game? Okay, that's what I'm hoping for because I got him on so many teams because I just kept buying him as more and managers are like freaking out. But like oh, more so than what he is going to do, I want to know what he did to Ron Rivera because he must have done something to Rivera to make him hate him. I was gonna say it's so funny. Like I think people forget this guy was he was a top fifteen back in fantasy each of the yeah. last his first two years, and it's now just yeah because of what's happened this off season when we don't even know for a fact that Brian Robinson was going to get like an 80, 20 split. Like everyone seemed to, be, to believe, uh, oh, but man, but it's, it's like Antonio Gibson did nothing. And like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of crazy. I, and I think he's, you know, he's going to get this first month, no matter what to, to give, give a chance to, to show what he can do. Answer uh, from the chat. Running game. Yeah. An answer from the chat, which is brilliant. Is that Bucks QB Tom Brady seems like a bright future. I'd love to see what Brady does. Yeah, I'd love to see what he's doing in his career. Yeah, it's 20, 20, 30, like, <laughs> you know, is he still putting up numbers or not? Maybe, maybe. Well, you're talking about future cyborg Tom Brady. It'll be yeah. like, you know. Um, I think it's already started. Did you see that press yeah. conference a week or two ago? I think he's got the cyborg part. Of, I mean, that might have yeah. been Tom Brady cyborg there. He'll be playing with Frank Gore, <laughs> uh, the third, and Marshawn Lynch, the second, and he'll still be yeah. passing touchdowns around. Gronkowski Jr. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that the, I mean, all joking aside, I'd be curious if this is Brady's last year, right? Like you could say, like, if I could go forward a year from now and see, you know, from to next season and know if Brady's starting again, that could be helpful. You know, like you could say the all same kind thing of think, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like some of these guys are at the end of their careers, you know, like, is this the last run for these guys? If not, then their value is worth more in Superflex, And maybe that makes them worth you know trying to acquire. Cause a lot of the question marks I have for both of those guys and in, in, in some way, anyway, in dynasty is, I don't know if I want to buy them right now, if they're just going to be a one-year rental, I don't know if I want to pay a ton of future assets for a one-year rental, but if that's all I need and they have a great year and why not? Right. So like, that's another one. That's just, that, that's a good one. Good one. Recovering Ridley truther. Excellent. Thank you for that input. Anything else then, I guess on this season kickoff, anything else you guys want to talk about as this game is underway and the uh, bills are currently ahead in the third quarter. I'm not going to give it away. If anyone's watching live on a delay uh, or listening in three weeks in their I car. do have another one that's giants focused. I want to know what the career looks like for one Dale Robinson only Ooh. because um, I've hyped him up a pretty good amount. And also because a uh, friend of the show, David Zock, I mm. joked, but this is true. He basically like staked his fantasy career on Wanda L. Robinson being a good player. And we'll have to like walk around with a bag over his head if he's not, <laughs> even though he denied that he made that claim. I'm making that claim for him. So I want to know if uh, Wanda is good or not, essentially. That's a good one. 
That's a good one. We got J Mike in the chat shouting up some hard hands. Thanks, J Mike, for stopping by. So I think with that, those hard think... hands from J Mike are for Wandale, by the way. He's a big Wandale. Oh, There's no other reason, right? I agree. Uh, oh no, no, I'm I'm not being facetious. J Mike is a big Wandale fan. Fair, fair. But I was thinking there were there's three hearts for the three of us. But yeah, let's talk about your take. That's what J Mike was about. You're right. Well, <laughs> um, one, one thing way. I just wanted to say from this game that we're we're doing this during is I. I feel like this might be again. This is you know judging off three quarters of a game, so for for what that's worth. But this might be showing that we're because McVeigh even said uh, during the preseason about how he, he thought he had two number one running backs, and yep. it looks like this. Judging from this game, that maybe it's going to be a hot hand situation uh, with the running backs, and and that that could be scary for Cam Akers people. So. Oof. Well, but also you could look at it like for Henderson two for Acres so far. Yeah, but next week it could be the exact opposite. This That's is what I'm saying. It could both. be a high yeah. hand. Well, I'm saying like this. But is I, for I both. think Henderson yeah. owners are just happy that they're going to have uh, involvement. Like he's going to be that involved. That there's going to be True. weeks where he gets like True. 15. Expectations were very day. different for the two. Yes. I will say yes. that. Yes, yeah. I agree with you. This could be a sell window for Henderson. It makes me happy that the one league that I have Cam Akers in is a best ball starting lineups league. So hopefully, <laughs> oh, I don't have to figure out what lucky. league to start him in. I don't have that blessing. But anyway, I think that's pretty good for, for the start of this. I think, again, there's there's a lot of football still to come. By the time you're listening to this on your podcast device, you'll know the answer, the outcome of this game, and you'll know who did well and who didn't and all this. And I'm sure Gabe Davis will still be the darling of Twitter no matter what happens from here on out because and, he got a touchdown on the first pass of the game or whatever. So. And Cam Akers will run for an 80-yard touchdown that we haven't seen. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All of this is pointless. But again, I, you just, just it's always nice to have a kickoff to actual season. That's the whole point of this is that now that we're in the season, now that we actually you know make this thing happen, let's start winning some titles. So with that in mind, let's go to our Manscaped-sponsored Find Me a Trade. Let's try to Manscaped some of these rosters. Uh, so, Rocky, actually, if you want to read through the, the settings for the first sure. one for Frank, I'll pull it up on the screen so we can at least see his team. Yes. So the first one was, as you said, submitted by Frank at 8EEKid on Twitter. I don't know that's supposed to be like B-Kid or something. I don't, I don't know what that is. But 8EEKid is how it's spelled. Uh, 12 team, half PPR. There is a small .10 points per carry. Uh, there are 40-yard TD bonuses. No tight end premium. Uh, unlike most of our leagues, it is a super flex league. Uh, it's 28 man roster start 10 does have defenses, which Frank, you, you need to get that. You need to get them to get rid of that. Uh, if you're not the commissioner, then, then get your commissioner to get rid of it. But uh, QB two running backs, two wide receivers, uh, tight end. Uh, oh, interestingly, a wide receiver, tight end flex and a wide receiver. I mean, so wide receiver running back tight end flex, and then just a wide receiver running back flex then a super flex and then the defense that's so 10 starters altogether. nine. If you take away the defense um, he's, and he just gave a very brief description that he's, it's a slow rebuild. Uh, he's getting better, but slowly definitely RB needy. So you can get into the roster and, and yeah, see so his, his roster again, the, the, I think I didn't do this on purpose, but I do think these teams are from worst to best in a sense, like, you know, least contending mm-hmm. to most contending. I don't want to say that any team's worst. It's just, I agree with his his uh, slow rebuild. That was an interesting way to put it. Like, yeah, you got some work to do here, Frank, but I think we can help you. I think we got some options. So his starting lineup on sleeper, Derek Carr, Damian Pierce, Chase Edmonds. Yeah, weak at running back. You're right there. Uh, DK Metcalf, Michael Pittman, Hayden Hurst, weak at tight end, Chris Olave, Nico Collins, Joe Flacco in the Superflex, which, again, that may be a short-term thing, but maybe not. Uh, Tampa Bay in your defense. I like that. 
Uh, backup QBs got Wilson, Zach Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Davis Mills, uh, Desmond Ritter. Not a bad QB room overall, just young and s- scrappy. Uh, running back, uh, D. Wilson for Cleveland always confuses me because there's so many, but it's Dearness Will, Dearness Johnson, Dearness John, not Duke, uh, Khalil Herbert, Brees Hall, and Rashad Higgins at running back, Amari uh, Rogers, 2 2 Atwell, playing tonight with zero points. Uh, and Alec Pierce, and then tight end, you got Donald Parham, Trey McKitty, and in backup defense is Denver. Uh, on the taxi and IR, he's got Greg Dolchitz, Romeo Dobbs, and Snoop Connor, one of my favorite flyers in a late round, uh, you know, last last roster spot guy. So I guess we'll Great start name, maybe. Too. Yeah, well, Snoop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll start with you though, Rocky. I know there are a bunch of different options for this team, and, and we went through some of these. Uh, why don't you get into your trade, and we can kind of talk about it. Okay, so I, I looked at his team, and he said slow rebuild, getting better, but slowly. And, and maybe he is getting better from where he was, but he's definitely not going to compete for a title this year with that team. I, I don't think there's moves we can give him that's going to have him compete for a title. So what stuck out to me is he needs to sell Pierce ASAP. Um, it, it's but I, I prefer to do it. You know, we're recording this on a, you know three days before the season starts. I'd prefer to do it before the season just in case he has a crappy game week one, yeah. um, because his value is sky high right now. Um, so he's he's got some nice building blocks, but this isn't the year. So get rid of that second day, uh, you know, draft pick running back that's probably not going to have a long-term shelf life and may not even be good this year. I mean, we don't know. Like Everyone's just assuming just because he's the starter, he's going to be on a bad team that's going to be losing a lot. Uh, he can catch the ball, but he never had a huge workload I- in college. So uh, it could be Rex Burke had in on passing downs. We don't know. So I'm, I'm, I, I've had two, I had two Pierce shares. I already sold them both. Uh, What'd you get? I, I uh, one, I got David Bell in a second and I'm super high on David Bell. Maybe that's a little less than what people think his value might be in Dynasty. That's not bad. But, um, but I love David Bell and his lack of buzz doesn't bother me at all. And the other one was, uh, the other one was with you, I think, wasn't it? I think it was in TA1. It was, um, yeah. Where I, I got I Chris got Scott. Me, yeah. It was a package. I, I think it was the main bones of it were, uh, Pearson Cooper for Godwin. And I think, uh. A lesser it was player. Amari Cooper, Damian Pearson, a second for Chris Godwin and Mo Alleycox. Yeah. And that one, you know, given Pearson. See, I'm valuing Pierce, I think, in both of those a little lower than maybe slightly lower than, than the market may suggest. But it, it, I was fine with both of them, especially the one actually with you. I, I loved getting – I'm a huge Godwin. Yeah, so. I, I was fine to do that because especially in TA1, I, I that's more of like my fun league where I'm just like, let's – sure, trade. Like I don't want to give away value. I think I declined your first offer and you sent one back with mm-hmm. like – uh, the second in Mo Alley Cox, and I was like, yeah, yeah, close enough. Let's just move on. Like, you know, that's fine. I don't want. Yeah, my plan was to actually do a second and then add a third on your side. You never third, so I said, okay, <sighs> Mo Alley Cox seems worth a third. So that's that, about I'll, a third. I'll do sure. that. Yeah, uh, but no, I, I anyway. like that. I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that logic too. I think that you're on the right track there with selling Pierce. That's a smart yeah. Move. And so yeah. I, I put I, I'd spam. You know, I just sort of spam the league Pierce for a 23 first for anyone who has them. Um, sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. I know that can be tough to do. So if that doesn't work, then I, I I said, well, maybe we can trade him for somebody who went in the 22 first round um, because I've heard definite talk just on Twitter, on podcasts. Like if he was on drafts, like if they were done in August, he's going like in the middle of the first round. So uh, I said I would trade him for to uh, Team Mason 320 for Traylon Burks because Burks' stock is obviously going the exact opposite direction 
of uh, of Damian Pierce. And I, I still believe in Burks. I, I, I don't think just because a, a bad preseason, I, I don't believe like that totally changes everything I thought about a guy back in May. So I, I, we haven't seen him on the field yet. I still think Burks can be something I'd rather bet on him than bet on, you know, bet on a first round wide receiver who had a, a pretty good profile coming out of college than a, than a fourth round running back who's on a bad team and probably gets replaced in the next year or two. So, and it also kind of makes sense. Mason 320. Um, he has a more competitive team than Frank does. Um, but after Fournette, he doesn't have like anything at all at running back. He has, uh, Melvin Gordon is probably his best running back after that. He d- well, he does have Zach's RB1, J- JD McKissick, Zach Reed's RB1. <laughs> um, but but other than that, he's got very little, but he's got a decent team. He's got Hurts, he's got Brady, he's got Justin Jefferson. And that's the other thing. He has some uh he has some depth at receiver where it's not gonna kill him to to, to move on from Burks as well. So it, it makes kind of sense for his side. And uh, I, I like getting Burks back and not in selling Pierce. I, I also wouldn't, I didn't put a trade on there, I, but I also wanted to mention, I wouldn't mind trying to move Hall too, but I'd probably wait till Brees Hall, who he has. I'd probably try to wait to, till in season to do that. Hopefully by, you know, week six, seven, eight, maybe he's starting to heat up. Cause it looks like starting like with a lot of, lot of rookie running backs, like we saw with Javante and whatnot, that he's probably not going to start the season commanding a huge share of the uh the workload in the backfield so uh but i I try and get out from him if his if his uh if his value peaks in season and bobby your thoughts i liked it a lot in fact when i was putting my trade together for it i was basically like well rocky already came up with exactly what i think (laughs) i would do so i tried to be a little bit different i actually did end up making a trade to the same team um i agree with everything he said i looked at this team and said this is not a team that's ready to contend this year and because of that i'm going to sell the running backs and so just to be a little bit different we already talked a little bit about how i feel like i should go out and make some offers for trevor lawrence and i felt like this team needed a more solid quarterback too Mm. so what i did was i took damon pierce and Davis Mills and said that he'd offer it to that same team that Rocky mentioned, which is, um, I believe it was Mason three, Mason two thirty, yeah, or Mason two thirty for Trevor Lawrence, because I could see where Mason two thirty might think that they're contending this year, even though they're kind of fringe. But if they got like another running back, they might yes. think they're ready to go for it. And it didn't seem like so cost prohibitive that if you get Lawrence and he busts that you're like, oh man, I gave up Davis Mills and Damian Pierce. Whereas again, if he does somehow hit that, you know, generational ceiling that we talked about, even though Rocky already alluded to, it's not likely, then you barely gave up anything to get that sort of quarterback on your team. Well, and I'll just, I'll finish this off and just say, I would be happy as a pig in slop to get a 23 first for Pierce. I'd be even happier to get Burks, to be honest with you. I think that's probably more, more doable. And only because I think Burks is still going to do something this year and, Maybe you can see what you're getting with that. And, and again, I'm with you entirely on Pierce being kind of, man, I, I just, you don't know what you're getting. I was just talking about Burkhead earlier, right? Like the reason I want to know about Burkhead is because we don't know what Pierce is. If we knew what Pierce was and knew what he was going to do, then Burkhead would not be worth looking into. But I think there are so many question marks in that Houston team. I think those are both terrific trades that, I mean, again, like you, you, every league is different. You kind of said this, like, I don't know if, if, if you would get a 23 first, 
I mean, yeah, I'd probably be happier with the, the 23 first because, again, that class is amazing and Burks is who knows. But, like, I still think of it like I'd, I'd rather the player than the pick, in my opinion, and I think it's easier to pull off, which means it's, you know, more likely to get done. So, I don't know. That's and just again, kind of where I'm at. Just with Pierce, I, I, volume is super important in fantasy football, but I, I don't really care about him having a volume running pack for this season. But also just in general with Pierce, like, Volume doesn't mean everything. I mean, there's guys who have volume and, and don't don't produce. I mean, some some got sometimes you get a James Robinson and and sometimes you get guys, you know, like everyone everyone wanted Mike Davis last year in, in redraft oh, yeah. because he's gonna have all the volume in Atlanta and sometimes doesn't play out the way you think it's going to either. So sure didn't. So yeah. So uh, volume on a bad team is is scary to me. I that that's kind of what Bad but team plus bad draft capital. I mean, not bad, yes. but not good draft capital either. He, it's not, not like ideal. he had, was so highly drafted that they can't easily replace him when they're more ready to contend. Exactly. Like, like and I just mentioned James Robinson. Like, he got, look, he got replaced the next year and only got to be the lead back again, probably because ETN got hurt. Uh, I, I've contended before the Achilles, he was at least as good as ETN, but we never got to see that play out. No, but, we're going to this year, but yeah, and but yeah, yeah now, now he's got an Achilles and, and his value is just like gone unless he, you know, somehow overcomes that this year and looks good. But, uh, you know, that, that's that's going to be tough lately. We're seeing Cam Akers with his zero yards tonight, <laughs> uh, is, is still uh, might still be struggling with that. So uh, that Achilles thing is just a killer, but. Uh, and, and we also saw it with Philip Lindsay, another guy with uh, no draft capital, and and he was he played well for two years, and then he was just gone. He's dead. Like nobody, you know, he's still bouncing around to practice squads and stuff. But after that second year, he just he, he kind of disappeared from the fantasy landscape. Yeah, you never know, right? And that's the whole thing. Pierce is a flash, and who knows, and and all of that. Like you're entirely right. I'll get into mine real quick. I think it's in a similar but entirely different mindset, and I'll explain what I mean by this. I definitely think a small trade is really all you have here. I don't think there's a really, I don't think you have enough big guys to really warrant a big trade. And that, that kind of sucks. If you're on a slow rebuild, you kind of, I mean, that's why it's slow because you're trading a lot of like smaller assets to this. So mine was also kind of a smaller trade, but it's the opposite of getting a running back, even though I'm rebuilding. And, and I wanted to talk about this for a hot second here too, because I think a lot of times people think rebuild, I'm selling running backs. You guys both did it too. I do it myself. Nothing wrong with that. But sometimes you can look at this the other way and say, well, wait, okay. Yes, I'm rebuilding. And, and as long as I have my own first, it doesn't really matter how many points I score. I want to score fewer points, right? I want to kind of, if I can, plan for next year, not this year. So my trade was to be just sending Davis Mills straight up for to uh, Tony Pollard. And I got offered this trade in another league where I actually have – I'm, I'm QB needy and, and I don't have a lot of running backs and I had, you know, it's like, well, I'm, I have, sorry, I have a lot of running backs. I don't have a lot of QBs. And I was like, I need to hold mills, but that value felt pretty fair to me. And I was looking at the, the teams in here and the team here, the banana stand, <clears throat> terrific arrest development reference on that one. But uh, the banana stand only has Trey Lance, Deshaun Watson and Jacoby Brissett as his quarterbacks. That makes me nervous. If I'm that guy, you don't even have a bye week quarterback. So like, he's clearly going to be in the market for quarterbacks. And I do think that there is a very high likelihood that Pollard does well this year and his value goes up to where you trade him in season for more than Mills. Uh, I don't know if Mills is the answer there long term. And if I'm not planning on winning this year, I don't want him on my team. So Mills was similar to Pierce. It's just like someone I don't think I need to have on this team anymore. And I do think Pollard has a longer future, has a more upside and can kind of gain value as the season goes on. 
So I guess, Rocky, you'll start with you on that one. What are your thoughts? Am I way off base or what do you think? Uh, before I do that, I believe Gabe Davis just caught like a 50-yard pass. So Gabe Davis to the moon. Is he uh, Is he 13? I, I, that's who just caught the pass. But Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that was so, Gabe Davis. Yeah, so Gabe Davis's value after this game is going to be 47-yarder. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, but regarding that trade, I, I – yeah, I, I think that's pretty good. I, I think maybe I'd want a little more for Mills than Pollard just as a starting quarterback, see if you can get that's a little more on top. Um, but I do think it makes a lot of sense, like you said, for the other team. And looking at his roster, um, I don't know how much he'd have, you know, whether he'd be interested in Mills or not, but he is a very young team, so it would kind of fit with his roster. But he's also a uh, a bit of a contending young team. He's got he's got yeah. Javante and Swift and Waddle and Higgins and Elijah Moore. And uh, a bunch Swift, of Acres, Javante, Kenneth Walker, like he's got plenty of running yeah. backs. Like that's a contending team. Anybody, I, anytime I see a team with like four starting running backs, I'm like they're contending. And that's where yeah. I feel like you're right. You probably get, maybe you could get more than Pollard alone. Yeah, and but but the, the fact that he he's very young, but the fact that all of these are very good, like it, it's hard to kind of contend with a mostly young roster. But he's got kind of the perfect roster to do it because a lot you know a lot of right right now in Dynasty, a lot of the point producers are, are the older guys, but. Um, but he, anyway, he, he, like you said, he only has Lance and Brissett. I don't want to start Brissett. I'm not totally sold on Mills, but I, I want him 10 times out of 10 over, over Brissett if I'm trying to contend while I wait for Watson to come back. So, uh, I think it's something that could definitely get accepted. I would try and get a little more, uh, on top of Pollard, maybe, maybe you can get a Pollard in a second or something. I wouldn't that, I'd love that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's kind of like two I'm, seconds see, for, I'm, for Davis mills, which to I, me seems fair. feels uh, heavy to me. I don't know if people are paying two seconds for Davis mills, maybe, but it just, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's too much, but I at least try it and, and yeah. then see what happens. And if you want to take it for Pollard, then, then go for it. Bobby, your thoughts on this one. Any, any, uh, anything think- you want to mention? I'm pretty much aligned with Rocky on this one. So uh, I'll just leave it at that. I would much prefer having Davis Mills to Tony Pollard. So I think Rocky summed it up pretty well. Josh Allen rushing touchdown, by the way, if anybody had that on their bingo card. Um, <laughs> so I think uh, I think the the end goal that, that we're all kind of pivot in a sense to kind of get to the next one on this one. Frank, if you're listening, uh, appreciate you setting your team. And of course, I think there is a lot of, of potential trades you could make here. I think that the thesis that we're giving you is, you know, try to get rid of a running back or get rid of players you don't think you need this year. And I'm sure as a slow rebuild, you know this, right? This is one of those two where like you probably have already considered some of these. You probably already tried some of these options, but I think you're on the right track here. I think at this point, it's you got to wait till after this week and kind of see how people react and overreact. Maybe that's when you make some moves. Uh, You see how Pollard plays. You see how Mills plays. You see how Pierce plays. My goodness. Maybe there is some logic in trading before this week for Pierce and getting him off your roster. So that's a good point, too. But hopefully we helped you out with some of that. Uh, we've got another trade submitted, this time by Tom at DSOL Fantasy. And again, Rocky, if you want to read some of the settings, or Bobby, do you want to read this one? And we'll have Rocky do the last one. Sure. Does I Bobby have it. the sheet up? <laughs> so yeah, I, was I, was, I, was, I was making sure I had the sheet up. Um, so the settings are half PPR uh 0.5 points per, so also a half point per first down and an additional uh, 1.5 T premium. They have 32 team rosters. They start 10. It's a super flex. We have three flexes, two running backs, two wide receivers, and a tight end. So, yeah, this one again is the, I, I don't think you read the notes for he put in here 2019 startup draft went poorly. 
He took Antonio Brown, David Johnson, and Carrion Johnson with some of his top picks. Oof, that is not great. In 2019, it sounded probably better than it is now. Blew everything up last year. Now I've got quite a lot of ammo, but not much in the way of a starting lineup. Would love to hear your ideas for positioning the team for a run in 2023. Um, I think the the way, again, I worded this before, is these are from you know least contending to, to most contending, I guess, to try to be polite about it. But this one, Tom, I feel like you've got some you've got some good bones. I, I don't mind what you're doing here. And let's kind of take a look at this roster real quick. Let me go back up to top. Matt Stafford, obviously, who's playing tonight. DeAndre Swift, Ty Montgomery. Ooh, that's a little shaky at RB2. Hunter Renfro, Jahan Dotson. Ooh, that's a little shaky at receiver. Kyle Pitts, you're fine at tight end. You're good there. Zach Ertz, not bad. Albert O is your next tight end. Then David Njoku is your next tight end. Like, this is one of those weird lineups where you're, you're guaranteeing flexes because you don't have receivers. Okay. Trey Lance is your super flex. I don't mind that. Uh, backup QB, you've got Flacco, Lawrence, Trask. Not bad. I don't mind that. Uh, running backs, you've got Breda, uh, Antonio Williams, I believe it is, Kyron Williams, uh, Kevin Harris, Travis Ebner. This is a memory game I'm not very good at. Uh, Deshaun Corbin, Isaiah Pacheco, Ty Chandler, Julius Chestnut, Jordan Mason. Lots of depth at running back. And any of those hit, maybe you're good. Uh, receiver, we start off with Josh Gordon, <laughs> Josh Reynolds, Tutu Atwell, David Bell, Velas Jones, A.J. Green. Not looking too solid, but you got some stuff in there. Deshaun Watson for Cleveland on IR, which allows, which is interesting. Greg Dolchitz on IR as well. And then the other thing I wanted to mention was five twenty or sorry, four twenty-three first. So this is a team that is definitely set and potentially able to win this year if there are some moves that get done. Uh, I would think you might need a lot of moves in a sense, but you've got four twenty-three first to kind of play with in a sense too. To be like, all right, how do we get to a roster that makes sense? So I'll go with my trade first, and this one. It really, when I looked at this first thing, I was like, well, I've got Deshaun Watson. I don't want Deshaun Watson. So that's that's where my trade goes. I'm like, I just don't want him on my roster. I don't want him on my team. So my trade was to send Deshaun Watson and one of your 23 first, take your pick, to Nick SL for Javante and Thielen. And the logic here is you've got big gaping holes at your wide receiver, at, well, all your wide receivers, and then at your running back too. This fills that hole pretty nicely on both aspects of this. I don't think you need Watson with the way this team is built. And I think with Watson this year, you're going to have a rocky outcome with it. <laughs> Pardon the pun rock. But again, like I would just get him off my roster. I don't, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want the drama. I don't want to bother with him. So my trade was to send Watson in a first for Javante and Thielen. And you could look at that and say, you know, maybe that's an overpay in a way, because that's a lot to send for Javante and an aging Thielen. But those are two immediate starters for two assets that aren't starting at all. Right. So that's kind of where my thought goes. And I know, Rocky, what were your thoughts on this one? If you had any. It's tough for me because I am I'm not a I need to get Watson off my roster kind of guy. I know I know Bobby is. uh, I know Russ is. So I agree. I kind of agree. That's a bit of an overpay, especially adding the first. Uh, You do have to give up a lot to get Javante. But I, I don't know that I'm giving up a first on top of Watson, the deal on's value is pretty minimal. So, yep. um, but, but I agree. I mean, if you, if, if you, if you do want to get Watson off your roster, uh, getting Javante is not a bad play. Getting a young, young running back that I love. I, I just think he's going to be a monster. If he ever gets to, if he gets that kind of 70, 30 split, even this year that we're hoping for, even with Melvin Gordon back. So, uh, and Thielen's definitely a piece that can, that could help you contend. So, I don't hate it. I just don't want to give up the first. I don't blame you. Bobby, any thoughts on this trade? Um, I mean, again, I think Rocky summed up what I was going to say pretty well. I don't. <laughs> Maybe you should go to Bobby first next time. Every time he says I know, something I keep about doing the trades, that. he's like, 
I don't particularly love it just because to your own point, this is dynasty and Adam Thielen. You can't seem to trade Adam Thielen for anything these days. Um, and then Javante, while I like him, is a running back who may ultimately actually be in more of a split with Melvin Gordon than people want him to be. So his value may not even actually be where it's perceived to be. Um, and while I don't like having Deshaun Watson on my roster, I recognize that he should be worth more than what you're giving up. And then you're giving up him plus the 23 first, which if you pay attention at least to Twitter at all, or like dynasty sites or whatever, those picks are gold. And yeah, I get that he has four, but that doesn't mean that you just give them away for, you know, Javante Adams and a little juice on top of Adam Thielen. Yep. Well, so my logic here though, is it depends on the league as always, right? If the other guy who I think could use from what I recall, anyway, could use some running back help and I can pull that, that up again here. But I remember thinking too, like this is one of those that I don't mind overpaying. And I know that that's probably wrong on the value side. And I'm probably not even overpaying as much as I could. Right. I'm looking at it like, yeah, it's, it's definitely an overpay, but I don't mind overpaying for something that helps me win now. And I don't think that either of those assets are going to help me win now. Right. And this is a team. Nick SL has Dak Prescott, Justin Fields, Jimmy Garoppolo and Sam Howell. So he actually could use a running or a quarterback and his other running backs behind Javante Williams is pretty much nothing. He's got Rashad White and that's about it. Uh, receivers. He's got Burks. He's got Kirk. He's got Bateman. He's got more. He's got a younger receiving core. This is most likely a rebuilding team in my mind. So that makes that first even more alluring. Maybe you can get more for that. And maybe he's OK to take on the Watson stress because. He's got enough quarterbacks for this year, and he's not contending anyway. But he's only got that one running back, much like this team does with Swift. So I'm like, someone's got to make a decision here. And I don't know. I mean, maybe you ask for more than, than Thielen. Maybe you try to get Burks back instead or Bateman, one of those guys, right? That's probably a good bo- uh, starting point on that regard. And then maybe you pivot back and fall back to Thielen or something like that. But I'm also higher on Thielen than most. I think he's got a potential to score some points this year and is going largely overlooked. Like you said, like his value is tanked, and I don't quite get why for for production value well it's not yeah, it's so much, pretty too. <laughs> right no i know the age so i'm saying production wise players andrew it's also just that i inherently disagree that he's two pieces away from contending I no 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 he, this is not the only trade he needs to make i want to make sure i'm clear on this is not one trade from contending he's probably a good five trades from contending but better than the last team we saw and i think this helps him get to that contending spot quicker and taking away the feeling part, I will say I think Javante is a guy you can acquire even if you don't think you're contending this year. He's he's not only only in his second year, but he's a, he's a young running back coming in the league. I think he's only 21 right now. Maybe he's turning 22 this year. Uh, so he came into the league pretty young also. So not that you necessarily want to rebuild around running backs, but if you're going to pick one up when you're not – and again, this guy's not really rebuilding per se either. Right. He's, he's kind retooling. Of, he just, yeah. yeah, he needs to get a little more, like Bobby said. He needs a few pieces. But uh, one of those pieces could be Javante, even if it's in 23. I mean, Javante's got a couple, you know, at least a couple good years left. And his best years may be in 23 and 24 if, if Gordon takes a significant amount again this year. Yeah, and maybe yeah. you just start with like Watson for Javante straight up and see how it goes. You know what I mean? Maybe that's the answer. Yeah, I definitely would prefer um, that. I will also just say I went a little bit of a direct, different direction on my trade. Yeah, we're doing it with yours, buddy. Perfect, yeah. I went for more of a retooling. I know offhand, by the way, that Rocky is going to hate my trade more than he hated yours because <laughs> I traded for a player that Rocky absolutely just, for whatever, like this player 
similar to the way that Antonio Gibson must have done something to Ron Rivera, Jerry <laughs> Judy did something to Rocky. They met. At, you like, know what some he point. did? He's never really produced in two years from a fantasy perspective. That's what he did to me. You're using that Although he didn't really do again. it to me because I owned very little Jerry Judy. Over so two years, but. we already noted that I like to get rid of Deshaun Watson, which is true. I just don't want to root for him. And also when I see that you have three other solid quarterbacks, I he will be my move to get rid of. So my move was offer him in a second to, and I have to look up the team name again, uh, Kulker Six, who is struggling for a quarterback too and may think that Watson can either help this year or next year because their team's kind of set up to either start contending this year or maybe in 2023 and get back Jerry Judy in an additional 2023 first. And then what I liked about that was then you have five of the 2023 first and it's a 12 team league. So you basically control the market on the 2023 first and can make whatever moves. If, assuming you keep all the picks, you could make whatever moves in the draft you want to with five first yep. or alternatively you could use all of those five first as ammo and go you know get a running back and try to contend and you know maybe jerry judy blows up with russell wilson this year but i also just like it for next year too and you see rocky shaking his head so i know i know rocky doesn't like this trade and it's only because it's going to be like jerry judy so maybe if i said let's see who else does he have on his roster really quick rocky if it was waddle waddle and i might have to like not say the 20 first then because it might be an overpay but waddle in the 23 first for he's got gabe davis i actually don't think that's an overpay like i you mean you're saying an overpay for the guy giving up waddle yeah Diggs just scored a touchdown by the way but um (laughs) i i don't think it is like i I think i I think watson's value is close to now that we know the suspension and when he's coming back uh I think Watson's value is close to where, you know, kind of where it was maybe a month or two ago whenever it was rebounding then and everybody assumed he was playing this year. And uh, to me, he's like top six, seven, eight quarterback value. And I think you need Waddle on a 23 first to do that. Unless, unless, like I said, and not that I, because I, you know, I know you're this kind of guy, Bobby, not that I have anything against this, but unless you just want him off your team for moral reasons, just from a pure value fantasy perspective, I think he's worth Waddle in the 23 first if you're sending a second back with him. The yeah. one thing I will say, besides the moral reasons, is you're also making the assumption that Deshaun the Watson never does anything like that oh, that's again. True. And we've seen, I'm not trying to be that guy, but we've seen him come out like after all the press or whatever, like after it's all settled, he's basically like, I'm not sorry. I'm only no. sorry that like yeah. it impacted people. So there is, I'm not saying that I know things or whatever, but there is risk associated with the idea that you have a guy who by all accounts, you know, whatever you want to say about it, he had all of these different offenses and put himself in all these situations that maybe he shouldn't have put himself in and jury didn't find him guilty or whatever, but it seems the judge for the trial did seem to say that she believed he is guilty, but couldn't punish him under NFL rules. So 
and then he comes out and says, I'm not sorry. That's a guy who is, at least in my opinion, a pretty big risk to possibly do something stupid well, like that again. He doesn't even get himself to do it again. from the league. We don't know that we have everybody. There could be women that have been uh, assaulted that haven't come forward. I mean, like, we right. don't even, it doesn't even need to be a new activity. It, honestly, like, that's what drives me nuts about so, lots of things. There's I, so many question marks. I even agree. not just for moral reasons, just for like the fact that he could be a risk factor. I cannot put him as a top six to eight dynasty quarterback because there's at least a non-zero chance that he gets banned from the nfl for life yep and that's kind of where i'm at with it too like with a normal quarterback like with a i mean again joe burrow or kyler murray the risk of them having civil cases from massage therapists are zero you know what i mean like one percent with with watson it's 80 percent like that's way higher than the other guys like that to me that risk has to be factored into his value so i completely agree and moral rocky Waddle and the first may be appropriate value, and you're right that I may undervalue him. Because That's I what I was going to say. Team. Going back to your trade, yeah. Waddle and you kind of tried to see make it so I would like it, but Waddle and a first, just from the market perspective, Waddle and a first and Jerry Judy and a first are two very different trades, I think. Oh, yeah. Taking my bias out of it, I, <laughs> I think there's a pretty big gap. Um, for most people between Judy and Waddle. So so that would that would make more sense. And so just as a little just, bonus too, this guy actually does have Brissett on this roster. So that that, that could right. help as well. Well, and so I, I wanted to make sure I mentioned this too though. Like Waddle is Waddle in a first, you'd probably have to send a second or something with Watson, but Judy in a first is almost dead on to Watson and, and according to the DLF trade analyzer. So I, I like, was gonna say I put it in the DLF trade yeah. check, not my original trade, but I put Waddle in the first and I just assumed a mid for Watson always, and, always mid, yeah. um at least and not that calculators are the end all be all and we talked nope. about this before but the waddle in the first side is almost 300 points more than the watson side so at least dlf trade calculator thinks it's a gross overpay for watson yep and that's i mean you'd have to add something with watson i think but i feel like there's some good bones there at least for for our guy to figure that one out i mean i feel like you know again that this team is it's a few trades away. I, I feel like retooling is the best word for this. I don't think you need to blow this team up. I think it's already been blown up. And like he said, last year he blew it up and he's got a bunch of firsts. And this is where having those firsts can be helpful. You don't have to make those picks, right? Like you can definitely use that as a chip to trade. Like you could, it, there is a chance that you could trade a first for Waddle straight up. That somebody, you know, maybe the guy that's got Waddle or the guy that gets Waddle on a trade in two weeks would rather have the first where Waddle has a down start to the season because Tyreek Hill is there and there's too many question marks and you can just send him for so like having these first that are are pretty much you know guaranteed to stay or go up in value is definitely a good place to be and I, I think that's where you get some flexibility very quickly shout out to our guy here for uh having Jahan Dotson who I like a lot and David Bell who Rocky <laughs> likes a lot representing yes. the rookies we like <clears throat> love it right Got to represent. All right, so let's get to our third trade. Unless, Rocky, did you have anything else you wanted to add on that one? Nope. Perfect. All right, so we'll get into the third one here. So this is uh, Ryan Judd, at the Ryan Judd. Uh, Rocky, if you want to read the settings and his notes, I'll pull up his league and uh, go through his team. Yep, it's 12-team, PPR. Uh, again, no tight end premium. Yardage bonuses uh, for all positions. Uh, it's a 27-man roster. Uh, start nine. Uh, kind of similar to the other one, just uh, no defense here. QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, two flexes in the super flex. So start nine. And uh, he says that the uh, – I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong part here. He says that started a rebuild last offseason, hit on some draft picks, and 
well, he says uh, this must have been cinema. He said still have yeah. five twenty-two first, which are now all players on his roster. Yep. Uh, Seven twenty-three firsts and three twenty-four first, which is ridiculous. Uh, he's trying to decide if I should make some moves to compete or kick it down another year and make a push in twenty-three. I'm probably the most active person in the league, but most of the league is pretty active. So why don't you get into this roster? And then that, I kind of wanted to go into my trade because I this one was a yeah. fun one. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So he still has those seven twenty-three firsts, which and then at least three twenty-three seconds. So I mean, like this yes. guy is set up for the future very nicely. Uh, I will say, Ryan, your team is is the most contending of the three. I would say as well. So roster, I think, is pretty solid given what his requirements are. Trey Lance, Najee Harris, Chase Edmonds, Jamar Chase, my boy, uh, DJ Moore, Mark Andrews, Elijah Moore, Kareem Hunt, and Justin Fields. I'll be honest. I don't mind that starting lineup. There are some holes. There are some weak spots, but there's going to be weak spots. And I don't mind the ones that he's got. I'm happy with that. Uh, bench. We move into the bench part here. We got Mac Jones, Chuba Hubbard, Khalil Herbert, Samir White, Kenneth Walker, the third, I think is what it, Ken Walker, uh, Travis Ebner, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, Taryn Davis Price, Jalen Warren, Ty Chandler receivers. We got Drake London, your boy, David Bell. Uh, I guess my boy, Tra Traylon Burks. I've been all over Burks lately. Uh, George Pickens, uh, George sorry, Garrett Wilson, sorry, Sky Moore and Tommy Trumbulls. So we can see a lot of those 22 firsts that he got right there. And then on injured reserve and, and everything beyond that is just the one and only Justin Ross, who is actually uh, Russ's boy, you know, big <laughs> wide receiver. So again, looking at the picks and everything else here, he's got just a, a ton of assets. I, I gotta be honest, 224 first. Like this guy is just set up for the future, and I think it's a tremendous roster. So yeah, Rocky, get into your trade and let us know what you think of this. So yeah, my I have a specific trade, but I just wanted to make the general point. Uh, kind, you know, we do this for the the reason of just sort of talking about process as well as specific trades. And in this situation, in a situation like this, you should definitely be going all in. You do not need to make seven picks in the twenty three draft. Please don't. Uh, yeah, you probably don't need to keep five twenty two rookies on your roster or whatever it was either twenty two first round rookies on your roster either. And this is a this is a perfect team to go all in. And he seems to have realized this as well. Like I said, I don't know how long ago this was submitted, but when we uh, were looking at it, uh, I saw there were a couple of traits he had sent out trying to get a Kirk Cousins and a Tom Brady. Uh, I don't know if they, I don't think they'd have been, had been accepted, but he looks like he's trying to contend uh, now. And uh, again, it's, it's so perfect. Like he's got a team that it's probably a playoff team now. I mean, assuming relatively good health, but he could make it into a juggernaut. So what I did is uh, my specific trade was Ken Walker and three. And I, I, I assume he can figure out which ones are mid-ish. So th I put three mid-23 first to team Tanner Owen 44 for Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, and Stefan Diggs, which may be a little harder after this game tonight. But mm. uh, <laughs> but uh, it's – I mean, I put Walker, but it's really sort of, you know, let him pick his rookie, 22 rookie of choice. If he wants Pickens, I'd make it Pickens. If he, want, I, if he wants London, who I know is probably the highest regarded here, uh, I would be fine with London, especially yep. since I'm a little lower on London than most people anyway. Uh, but it, it, this is an overpay. I, I put it into a couple of calculators. It's an overpay. Just when I put it down there, I thought maybe it was a little bit of an overpay. I don't care. I want to wow the other guy into realizing he needs to sort of rebuild. Because after those three guys, he's he's got very little going on on his team. He has like 
Uh, if you look at his quarterbacks, I think he has like Mariota and Ritter and like nothing else. Watson, Darnold, well, yeah, Dalton. Watson. Well, yeah, until week thirteen, he are, has nothing else. Yeah, but again, his he's QBs not, are rough. Yeah. Despite Diggs, Cook, and Jones, he's not really contending. Is is? Yep. Uh, he does. Have, I'm sorry. He does have uh, Javante. Uh, yep. so uh, that's the one other guy he really has. He's got Bateman and Juju. And I mean, there's some potential there maybe, but yeah, he's, he's, it's going to be tough for him to really win a title this year. So, yeah. uh, and th- that's what I'm hoping to wow him, overpay him into, can, you know, kind of blowing it up. And I wouldn't even stop there. If this guy accepts, uh, and like I said, I would also give him his choice of rookies to help along with that. Uh, this is kind of what you were saying earlier about overpaying. This, this to me is an is an opportunity where overpaying makes sense because you add Cook, Jones, Diggs to that roster, it's it starts looking ridiculous, and you don't even have to stop there. I I, I threw on the sheet here, you know, maybe you throw two twenty threes and a twenty four first at the Jefferson or and throw in a second. What the hell to the yeah. Jefferson owner and see <laughs> if he he bites or the Allen owner or, or the Chase. Or I think he has Chase, but you know those high end level guys. Uh, you know, maybe two first for CD Lamb, something like that. I'd be, I try and keep, uh, like after my first trade, he would have had four twenty-three first left if it got accepted. Right. I'd probably try and hold on to two of them, but I'd be fine moving like all the the, the five other ones to to upgrade my roster. And and you still have a bunch of young guys and picks, and and you're mixing in some old guys from my trade. But uh, there's nothing wrong with having a mix of old and young and picks. So. Uh, yeah, so that's what I would do. I, I, I kind of loved, you know, putting that together. I, I think oh, it's yeah. perfect. So I, I'm well, curious what you think. I'll jump in first and just say that you're, you're on the exact right track of the monster trades. I, I took a quick look at this team and I was like, let me just throw something on the sheet and I'll come back to it later. And I never really got a chance to come <laughs> back. So my trade was a little bit weak, but I, I liked what I did, but yours is much better. I'll get into <laughs> mine obviously in a minute, but I love the idea that you're saying, and I, I completely agree it, the way this team is built, consolidate, go in, win it, send three guys for Jefferson, right? Take, honestly, like have you could even almost say like other than Jamar Chase and uh, who is the other guy, Najee Harris, uh, pick any three guys on my roster. You know what I mean? Like I, you could even do something like even if you want three first for Jefferson, I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Like this is where I, you need to get some of these studs. Cooper Cup even yeah. after tonight, you know, he's had a little bit of an off night with Matt Stafford, but he's still got a touchdown. You know, Cooper Cup is one of those guys you might go try to get. Right. Like go get somebody who's going to dominate and consolidate your bench and the the pick values that you have into your lineup. That's where you need it right now. So I love that logic. Bobby, yeah, do you agree way, with that? Cup, even with an uh, quote unquote off night and they're only scoring, I think, 10 points so far has like 26 fantasy points. 26 PPR, PPR yeah. fantasy points. Yep. Yeah. He's 11 for 13, 92 <laughs> and a TD. Yep. That's not too shabby. Anyway, go Sorry. ahead, uh, Bobby, your thoughts. I'm going to tell a quick story, which was in my first ever dynasty league. Um, I had a team that was often middling and then I sold it off and it was trash for a while. And I just kept building and building and building. And at one point, this one guy made fun of me and was like, you know, you can't build forever. Right. right. And so then I took all of this draft capital that I built up or whatever. And I was basically like, honestly, it was a spike move at that point. It was like, <laughs> I'm going to say this guy who was like, you know, you can't build forever was kind of an arrogant jerk. And he was always in the playoffs. And I was like, I'm going to make my team simply to knock you out of the playoffs. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I did knock him out of the playoffs. I won the championship. And it was because I made moves like this, where I just took like three firsts and was like, just give me the best wide receiver in the game. I don't care. That's it. And so if you have the opportunity to make a super team, that 
don't get me wrong. It's fun to have a bunch of picks and like make those picks and do like a J Mike invitational. <laughs> if you can do that. Yes. But at the, at the end of the day, dynasty is about a combination of both. It's about knowing when to build and it's about knowing when to go. Okay. It's time to cash my chips in. And this team, while it's not one of the ones that I looked at personally, after looking at it and all the assets and listening to Rocky's trade, it's a hundred, it's more than a hundred percent, which I know is mathematically impossible, <laughs> but it's, you know, 120% time to push your chips up. Well, I, I want to say this too, and this is something I wanted to get into and then I'll, I'll pivot into my trade, which is much smaller and not quite as wow, but still awesome. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, who knows? But I, when I <laughs> sent Ryan a message on Twitter, he actually said there, the league also has a large rolling pot that is won after a team wins three times trying to make moves to make that happen, of course. So this is where one of those, like, it it, I, it changes a little bit of the valuation to be like, all right, I do want to build a dynasty. I want to build a team that is dominant. And I'll be honest, this is where it's like, you're in the you're in the spot to do that. You're right on the cusp. If he's already won one or two years, he didn't say. But like, this is one of those, even if he hasn't, this is the kind of team that could go three in a row. You know, you're young enough, you're big enough, you've got enough future assets, whether you make the picks or trade them, you've got enough guys to start making that move. And this is the year to go all in. This is the year to pivot from build to dominate, right? Like yeah. you put it perfectly, Bobby, like you can't just build forever. You've got to go all in and this is the time to do it. And I think even with my trade, he can do that two or three in a row. For sure. Because, uh, yep. You know, Diggs has a few years left. Jones and uh, Cook, you know, probably don't. But again, he's still, if, again, if he, if he uses two or three of them to get a Jefferson or, or two to get a lamb or one and a rookie to get a waddle or something like you, you can still pick up young guys with those first yep. two. That's uh, exactly what I'm saying. Has, Build up. Yep. Even if he does go and get cook and Jones and let's say like, this is their last year of fantasy relevance. He will still, even after he does Rocky's original trade, he would still have picks to go out and replace right. those guys as yep. necessary. That was the, that's the next point I was going to make. Yeah. Either yep. he can, get you know like i said he can use to trade them for younger guys he can draft you know this great 23 class coming up he can draft uh, with three or four of them if he wants to hold on to the rest of them yeah whatever you know he's still got multiple ways he can go even after my trade so i'll pivot to my trade which i mean again it's uh, significantly smaller but still awesome i'm just going to keep saying it so hopefully it's true (laughs) but it was uh send send david bell and a 23 second to nick mcd 24 for cole Komet and a 24 second so in this case, it's two seconds, but it's one is a year later. In my head, I'm like, you've got plenty of 23 picks. I love the idea of trading a little bit into the future on that asset on that second. It's just a second. But trading a guy like David Bell, who in your receiving core, you've got some good receiving depth. you got lots of good rookies. But you're after Andrews, your tight end is Tommy Tremble. If an injury, even the bye week is going to be brutal. Like one week could lose you the season. If you lose on Andrews bye, that's a brutal way to go down. So you need a backup tight end. And I would love, after talking last week with Andrew Cooper, I would love to get a tight end with a lot of upside as your backup. And Komet is one of those guys, right? We talked about this last week on the show, if you're listening, anybody out there, but you want to have a tight end who can be the first or second target on their team. And there's a very high likelihood that Komet is the second target on their team with Mooney as the first. Montgomery, I doubt, gets a lot of balls out of the backfield. There's really not a lot of dominant targets outside of of Mooney, really, on the, the wide receiver court. They just brought in Nikhil Harry who went to IR. I mean, like they got nobody behind Mooney. It could very easily be Komet, who gets 120 targets this year. I want him on my bench. I want somebody upside who's riding that wave on the vertical and kind of going with me on this. Because, again, if Andrews is the guy for the next three years of your team, great. But if he gets hurt, if he gets traded, if, I don't know, he just tails off, which happens. Let's say the whole Baltimore offense struggles again this year. 
and Komet takes off, he's a perfect guy to put in your, your tight end slot down the stretch as you need someone. So I just think that was the only weak spot I really saw outside of, you know, not having enough awesome studs, which is what Baraki <laughs> went for. But mine was like, your backup tight end needs some work, you know? And that's just the only little thing I would tweak as a smaller trade that might get kind of open the floodgates on this. But I know too, he's pretty active. Like he said, he's pretty active in this league. And I almost feel like this is one of those leagues where the other guys are like, man, this guy's way too good. I want to quit the league. You know, like you got to be kind of <laughs> careful with this, but I, I, Ryan, I love it, man. Great team. And I think you're in, you're in line to get that done. You're not there yet, but you're really close. So I think getting something like this commit trade done might help you out. That was where my thoughts were. Yeah, I mean, I think that one's fine. It's it's no my trade, but it's uh, not your trade. No, it's not. It's really not. But you could do the two of them together. Actually, they're not uh, yep. mutually exclusive. So the yep. only issue I have with it at all is, uh, and I agree with you. I mean, it wouldn't hurt to have a backup tight end, um, just in case of injury, because he does have nothing behind him. But well, but Bell is like his ninth receiver. You know what I mean? Like, what you're not going to start Bell with this lineup. You just don't need to. He's got Burks, Wilson. Pickett, yeah, I just like, love Bell. London. I, know, like, I wouldn't. I know trade you him. do, but. <laughs> You actually might start. You're going to have to start commit at least on Andrew's buy. I don't think you ever start Bell. I mean, I'm just being honest. Like that was where my head was at. Bobby, any thoughts? Too small uh, for you to even comment on. Okay, fine. I, get it. No, no. <laughs> I, I will. I will comment. Um, I guess where I was going to go with it is I. I will defend Rocky and say that it's not just his Bell homerism here, where. <laughs> If Bell comes out and does what people think he'll do, which is a lot of smart people were on him with the hype that he has, he'll probably be worth more than what you're getting here. And so even if he's your ninth receiver, I would rather hold him than uh, get Komet back. But I'm also, I will admit I'm not that big on Cole Komet myself. Um, I'm also just generally not that big on like middling tight end options and trying to trade for them. I don't really care about like, trying to fill in a bye week at that point, I would just like grab someone off of the waiver wire and be like, all right, go put up some points for me. And if well, tight end is what costs me, yeah. right. Yeah. Tight end is what cost me this week. Fine. That's fine. I would only make a trade like this. Like, you know, if I knew Mark Andrews was like out for the season or something like that. Um, so basically what I'm saying is anything that Rocky said tonight, just pretend it came out of my mouth. And <laughs> that's it. I'm glad you're on here, Robbie. This is great to just back up everything Rocky says. This is why we have you on. I, this is perfect. I knew there was a reason we brought you on, Bobby. He's a yeah, except, except my trade for Jerry Judy. That was the one time that I broke from Rocky tonight. I can forgive that tonight. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, Given anything else you want to anything else you want to wrap up on this trade before we call it a night? I mean, we've gone on for over an hour. We're at a pretty good spot. Anything you want to bring up or stand on and, and kind of discuss on a soapbox here before we call it a night? Bobby, I'll start with you. Anything you want to hit on before we, you think we've done enough? Have we talked enough about trades? I feel like we've definitely have talked enough about trades. Um, the only thing that I want to hit on is we talked earlier about like not over or under reacting to games. And this game is obviously almost over now. The mm -hmm. one thing, or obviously I already talked about the fact that I would react at least a bit to what we saw from Gabe Davis. Um, the other thing that I am maybe a little concerned about and I'm hoping it'll get better throughout the season. Obviously not a great game from Stafford. We know that he had, you know, elbow issues and whatever. And that looks maybe a little concerning to me. I might just be seeing it because I want to see it, but some of his throws just look kind of off. To be fair, it could also just be that the maybe the Bills defense is just really, really good. And we just don't have those information points yet. Um, 
But I would maybe be like, I'm not saying go out and like trade Matthew Stafford immediately, but I'd at least be like lukewarm. I'm paying attention to this over the next couple, you know, week or two. And if it continues to look this way a week three, I might get to like, okay, maybe I should try to dangle him for a similar valued quarterback if I'm really trying to contend this year. Kind of along Bobby's point, the one thing I was going to mention, uh, not and it was related to this game too, is I'm very concerned. Is was Allen Robinson last year not just like dogging it because he didn't want to be on the Bears, and is he just cooked? Because in a game where one Matthew game. Stafford is now throwing for the 39th time, he has one catch for 12 yards. That that is terrifying to me, and I've started Robinson in a few places tonight. Hasn't Ben Skarnick also been targeted more than Allen Robinson? Oh yeah, I don't have target numbers on the screen I'm looking at, but he has four catches to Robinson. I have it. Yeah, I have it up. And and Skarnick is at this point, maybe not counting that. Well, that's Cooper Cup, so we're good. Oh, he's still going. But uh, Ben Skarnick is four for six for 25 yards. Allen Robinson, one for one for 12 yards. Yeah, so, that's terrifying to me. I think what I'm saying, though, is, and again, using the same logic, and, and somebody actually just put this on Twitter uh, under my other post about Davis and Akers, but you buy the fear and you sell the hope, right? And I think this oh, is yeah. where... I'm not making any moves of Robinson, of one game. Right, but it right, does, right, as right, a right, Robinson right. manager, it scares me. <laughs> I, I used to... And- uh... I used to write an article called like warning signs and it wasn't like, Oh, these are players that you need to trade away immediately. But it was like, this is something I noticed in a game this week that I will be paying attention to going forward. And if this trend continues and it continues over, you know, you don't give it the whole season because if you give it the whole season, then you're screwed, but you go, if it continues over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be very concerned. So I think that's what Rocky's alluding to with Alan Robinson. If he keeps getting out targeted by Ben Starnick, I was then, say, that's a problem to Bobby's point from earlier in the show, even like it's not even so disturbing that, oh, he's not going to get many fantasy points. It's more so one freaking target in a game where Stafford's throwing it 40 times. Like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, why does he only have one target? Like that, that to me, and I, you know, I've been, I was watching the game before we came on. I've been looking at it as we've been talking and I, I don't even see Robinson out there a lot. Like, I, I don't know what the snap in you know, numbers are right now, but that has me worried just like he said about reacting, but not overreacting. I'm not going to go sell all my Robinsons after the show, but right. it's definitely something I'm concerned about after week one. No. And I think that's fair to be concerned. I think what my point is more of like, you know, buy the fear in the sense if someone else in your league is, is panicking. That's the time to buy Robinson. Don't pay normal value for Robinson, pay right. a depreciated value, pay a cheap discount. You just got a coupon on Allen Robinson. You know what I mean? That's what this is. It's a coupon. It doesn't necessarily mean that that coupon has any value. It's still got one one hundredth of a cent value, but you might be able to use that coupon to get a discount and find value down the road and get that back. Like, and that's kind of where I guess I'm going to this. I also, and again, I'm, I'm not saying necessarily like you have to go by Robinson either. It's just like Robbie or Bobby said, put put your put your eyes on this and focus on this. Watch as the next couple of weeks play out. But it, I mean, one game is not necessarily a trend, but two and three become that. Uh, the only other thing I'll mention is that uh, OBJ is still a free agent, and it, m- this team might could use him. I'm just going to put it that way. I mean, he was there you know, tonight, by the way. Yeah, and he tweeted, uh, <laughs> "Sheesh, Bills Mafia and laughing faces and stuff." Like 
he he's been uh, on on some things here, and and I think uh, maybe he's there to sign with the Bills. Spoiler. <laughs> well, I know, and that was actually wasn't that a discussion point that he might sign with the Bills, it right? Maybe earlier, this was the yeah. game where he's like, let me see who wins, and we'll go that way. I was just going to say, like, maybe he signs with the Bills, and Gabe Davis becomes nothing, right? So yet another reason why you might want to sell Davis. Uh, one I, other thing I want to say before we wrap up here is, <laughs> while I understand that the Rams were super down and they don't want to get people injured, running the ball when you're down like 31 to 10 or whatever with you when you're near the other team's end zone, that's just coward coaching. It's the end of the game. You're down 21 points. You're just trying to run out the clock, I think, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Get, so, get something positive out of it. Sean McVay, you have been a coward in this game. That's all I, think I will say. At this point, I think it's, I mean, again, the game's not quite over, but we've got acres, three carries, zero yards. Like that scares me. But again, buy that fear by somebody out there is terrified of acres and redraft or dynasty, whatever, like there's one league where I have Henderson and the guy who has acres has been blowing up our league chat all night. I've been staring, like looking over my phone because it keeps going off. And he is literally like all caps tight typing, like pissed off. And I'm just like, maybe I could literally send him Henderson for acres. Like, it, why not? You know what I mean? Like it, it, they're both on my bench at that point. But like maybe acres has more upside. Like that'd be hilarious. And he might actually do it. We'll see if I can pull that off. But that's a redraft. Totally different conversation. But I think at that point, what we'll do is we'll call it a night. I think we've done a pretty good job. Obviously, Scott missed out. He had must have had some technical difficulties like he has sometimes. But uh, appreciate you guys being here. I know this was a fun way to kick off the season. Hopefully, we've got some some titles in our future, and we've got some ways that we can make some some listeners some titles in their future. Uh, I did wear my Tag Strong hat tonight. I, you know, I'm missing tags. I obviously read Derek's primer. I'm going to read it again even more tomorrow, uh, kind of see what I might have missed or glazed over. But I miss tags this time of year. This is when I really loved having... Uh, Taglier kind of telling us and guiding us through these things, getting a signal and noise and like telling us what's important. So again, just wanted to shout out tags real quick. Um, I just think again, so glad football is back. Like this, this is the part of the year that I, you know, I get to say goodbye to my wife and be like, sorry, I'll be in the other room. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, but with that, if, if nobody has anything else that you're looking at here, I guess we'll go and just kind of, I don't know if it even makes sense, but Rocky, why don't you tell people where they can find you, what you're up to and all the different podcasts that you're on. We'll start with you. Am I the guest now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> find me at Dynasty FF Addicts on Twitter. Uh, listen to Trade Addicts. Listen to DGN Dynasty Game Night. That's right. Champions. Uh, I think we uh, we actually uh, had to reschedule our show for this week, but I think we're gonna have two next week. So I don't know when they'll the recording next week. I don't know when they'll come out, but that's been a lot of fun and a lot of great matchups, um, including uh, Andrew uh, being on the that's show. Right. So redemption. Uh, Yes. So listen to that. Listen to trade addicts and keep listening to junkies. That, that's, that's where you can find me. So, uh, yeah. That sounds good. And then Bobby, anything that you're up to these days, other than just dominating your fantasy leagues. I'm definitely not dominating because I started Matthew Stafford <laughs> in a place or two. Um, oh, I so did too. That, yeah. You can find me at rec fantasy. I occasionally talk football, but I also occasionally talk TV shows and video games and comic books and pretty much anything I feel like. So if any of those things interest you, check it out on like Rocky. I don't have a bunch of other podcasts. This is it. I probably could make some up if I really wanted to. I just start shouting out some names and then pretend that they exist. But this is it. Just dynasty junkies and appreciate being on with you guys and looking forward to a good season. That's right. And this way, we don't have to, I don't have to have anybody sign off. I can just have you guys sign yourselves off. That's what the point was. Uh, I'm at Andrew Hall FF. You can find me on Twitter at, at Andrew Hall FF. Obviously, uh, I write for Fantasy Pros. You'll see some articles there. 
Uh, make sure you subscri- subscribe, rate, and review at Dap Network and the Dynasty Junkies. Give us some feedback. We love that. We do need some more Find Me at Trades. Obviously, all three of us are MFL fans, so if you're on my fantasy league, please submit your team. If you're on Sleeper, go ahead. It just might take a while till we get to you. Let's just put it that way. Um, but definitely, we need some more trades. We need some more teams. We need some more people that we can help out and get their rosters manscaped, which is our sponsor, of course. Uh, 20% off and free shipping if you go to manscaped.com, put in code junkies. That's awesome. We love that. And I love them being a sponsor for us. It just makes the most sense with what we're trying to do. But I think that's pretty much the gist of it. So I'll let Rocky take us out of here because he never gets the chance. So, Rocky, kick us off. I never How we do doing? that. Uh, I want to do what, you know, I listen to Scott do this sometimes. I definitely want to give a shout out to the chat. We had Ridley Truth in there tonight, who's the biggest depth uh, network supporter on the face right. of the earth, I think. Uh, gets in the chat of all, all the shows that go live uh, and gets in the, you know, Trade Addicts doesn't even go publicly live, but he's a patron, so he gets in there too. Uh, J. Mike popped in, Kyle Sandra popped in, uh, both good friends of the show. So shout out to them. Uh, for Bobby, for Andrew, for Scott, who couldn't make it tonight, junkies out.